hello 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 welcome back to another episode of the can i be real podcast it is your girl rachel back with another episode Woo. okay so we are finishing up the book of galatians and then i'm gonna take a couple of weeks off and then we'll probably do i'm thinking the next series we're gonna do is a study of the fruits of the spirit i know in the last episode i we talked about the fruits of the spirit because we did chapter five um and at the time, I mostly just encouraged you guys to go back and read about them for yourselves. But I'm like, I think I want to dive into the each of the each of the fruits of the spirit. So next in the next after this, after I finish up this week, in the coming weeks, we'll start a series on the fruits of the spirit where we're going to each week, we're going to take one one of the fruit and just kind of really like dive into it a little bit more and see what else, see what the Bible has to say about it in its entirety. So yeah, but for this episode, like I said, we are finishing up chapter six and it's going to be good. It's about sowing and reaping and restoring people and all kinds of good things. So it's, it's a good chapter. It's a nice little, it's a night. It wraps up Galatians really nicely. So before we start, we're going to pray and then we're going to jump right into it. So to Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. I pray, Holy Father, God, that you will guide this study today, Lord, that you will give me the right words to say and that you will be with everybody who listens to this message, Lord. And I pray that you will help them to receive what you have for them from Galatians chapter 6. That they will re read it for themselves and that you will speak to them through your holy word. I pray all these things and many, many more in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So, we're going to, as we always do, we're going to read Galatians 6 and then we're going to go back and talk about it. So, I'm reading it out of the NLT again today. Um... Just because I like the NLT version. So, Galatians chapter 6, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself you are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has become crucified and the world's interest in me has died. It doesn't matter. 
uh, whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble you. From now on, don't let any anyone trouble me with these things. <laughs> Let me read it. He said, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. Bless the reading of your word, Holy Father God. So, we're going to jump into the first six verses. Talking about, starting off with like, um... Gently restoring somebody, restoring somebody gently and humbly. And that's something that I don't know about you guys, but I kind of struggle with because, you know, there was the fine, where's the line between trying to help restore somebody versus being judgmental. I don't know. And that's not the purpose of this episode, because like I said, that's something I struggle with. So I can't really, I can't pour out of an empty cup. You know, I'm, I'm still working on that myself. But what I can offer you is what the word has to say when it comes to gently and humbly, when it comes to talking about talking, helping somebody through their sin gently and humbly, right? Um, I'm going to go to Romans chapter three, verses 23 through 24. And this is just to kind of, this is where, I guess this is more so the heart posture that we should have, the attitude that we should have going into any situation where we may see a brother or sister overcome by some sin and that we should, and we who are trying to walk in the spirit, we can gently and God and, and humbly help that person back onto the right path. So this is the mindset that I believe we should have according to the scripture. So Romans three chapter, chapter three, verse 23 through 24 says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed when he freed us from the penalty uh, for our sins. So once again, like the mindset we should have is that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of fallen, all of all of sins, none of nobody measures up to God's glorious standard. So if you keep that humility of I too am I'm too struggling with something or I struggle, I'm no better than you. But in the you know, in this instance, I'm just trying to I'm concerned for you. You know, in this instance, I'm concerned for you about this particular situation that you you know, I'm I'm seeing you dealing with, you know. Um, but you just got to pray about it and really ask the Holy Spirit to guide you through that um, in the right words to say using wisdom and discernment. But like I said, I think the right mentality to start off before you even approach somebody is to have the mentality of, OK, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the only reason that any of us can even stand, you know, in some semblance of we can even stand with some semblance of godliness and of, of um, walking in the spirit is because of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. So if you keep that mentality, if you have, if you keep a humble spirit about you, then it'll be easier for you to be gentle and to help restore somebody because you're already like, I don't even deserve to be here. So if that makes sense. Um, but like I said, if there's something that you find that the Lord is kind of leading you to, um, gently restoring somebody or, or um, humbly, gently and humbly trying to restore somebody and help them out of their sin. I encourage you to pray about it. It's definitely something that the Lord has been highlighting for me um, in my life. And 
it's it's a struggle. I'm not going to hold you. It's a struggle trying to find the right words to say so as to not offend somebody, but to just let them know that I'm con- I see something and I'm concerned about it. I don't want to sound judgmental. I don't want to sound like any of these things, but I am concerned. I am seeing these things and it's not necessarily godly fruit that you're bearing. This is, you know, this is a this is a sinful thing that you're doing and it's concerning me. Um so like I said, it's a difficult situation to kind of tackle, but um the Lord, you know, as we read in James, like you ask the Lord for wisdom and he'll give it to you gracious, you know, uh, in abundance. So yes, that's what we're going to leave off on that. We're storing people gently and humbly. Keep the mindset of we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God for all of sin. We, nobody measures up to God's glorious standard. So the next thing that kind of talks about is, um, it says in verse two, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. And so I want to read Philippians chapter two, verse three through five, when it comes to carrying each other's burdens, right? Helping each other out. So Philippians chapter two, verses three through five says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So once again, it's that level of humility and gentleness that we need to carry somebody else's burdens, you know, to try to lay aside our desires, be self-sacrificing and try to help somebody else out to, to pay attention to what they need in the situation. Uh, like it says to don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. So think of others as better than yourselves. Once again, that humility that you need to have to help carry somebody else's burdens. And as it says in Galatians 6, it's like, if you think you're too important to help somebody, you're, you're great. He's like, you're sadly mistaken and you're fooling yourself because you're not that important. That's what it says. That's what NLT says. The NIV and other translations use different wording, but sometimes I like how snippy the NLT can be. It says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Therefore, you can always help somebody else because you are not you are not that important that you think you you've earned the right to not help nobody. You aren't that special. You ain't that important. You can help somebody else. You can help carry somebody else's burdens. So keep that in the back of your mind. You know, it's okay to open yourself up to helping somebody else and carrying their burdens. It can be difficult sometimes because that's why Paul had to tell us in Philippians to not be selfish because that is our natural and our human nature, our sinful nature is to be selfish and not want to have to worry about other people and not want to have to look out for nobody else but yourself. But that's not having the attitude of Christ. The attitude of Christ is looking at others better than yourself. The attitude of Christ is taking an interest in others and not be, and, and being selfless and being loving and kind and gentle. The fruits of the spirit. So moving on. So there's another thing, like I, like I just kind of said, if you think you're too important to help somebody else, right? And I want to read from Romans 12, verse 3. It says, because of the privilege and authority or grace God has given me, I give each of you this warning. This is Paul talking to the Church of Romans. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. So, yeah, once again, Paul is reiterating, you're not that important. (laughs) 
you're not as as in like you're important you're special you're a masterpiece in god's eyes but you're not so so important that you're too good to help somebody else in need you know like you're not so important that you're too good to to um to help carry somebody else's burden so he was like don't think you're better than you really are like evaluate yourself and be honest about the scales you're using to evaluate yourself according to the faith that god has given you but and like it says, you're don't don't think you're too important to help somebody. So with that being said, you can help carry somebody else's burdens. And part some sometimes carrying somebody else's burden is helping them to is helping to restore them through a sin that they may be struggling with. Just kind of putting that on the table to think about. So moving forward though, so verses four through five, I want to reread in the complete Jewish Bible. I just like the language it uses. It says, so let each, so let me read it in the NLT first, and then I'll reread it in the the CJB. So it says, uh, pay careful attention to your own work for, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are all responsible for our own conduct. So in the CJB, it says, so let each of you scrutinize his own actions. Then if you find something to boast about, or at least the boat, if you find something to boast about, at least the boasting will be based on what you have actually done and not a judgment that you are better than someone else for each person will carry his own load. So this is, this is kind of furthering, kind of going into, don't think you're better than you really are. You know, don't think you're so important that you can't help somebody. So Paul is just kind of reemphasizing, like, let's take accountability for what you actually have done and what you, you know, you haven't done. Let's not compare ourselves. Let's mind, everybody mind your own business. I heard a sermon on, um, it was a sermon that was on Sunday, but I listened to it back later on in the week. And he was just talking about, um, one of the reasons why we worry is because we're not minding our own business. And I just, I was like... You're right. I mean, I be. I need to mind the business that pays me. So anyway, um, comparison. He's like, don't compare yourself to nobody else. So look at what you've done, what you're doing, and, and focus on that. Mind your business, basically, is what I got from that. Scrutinize your own actions. If you find something worth boasting over, then you can boast in it because you actually did it, not because of something, you know. You can actually say you did it because you actually did do it. But um, I digress. So... I'm kind of going through the first six verses kind of quickly because it's not necessarily when I, where I want to rest, per se. I mean, a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. But I guess more so, chapter six, Galatians six, is more of a summary of everything we've read in the first five chapters, in my opinion. So it just kind of wraps everything up nicely. But proceeding on. So another verse to consider when it comes to taking accountability for your own actions minding your own business, um, scrutinizing your own actions and careful, paying careful attention to your own work so that you don't compare yourself is in James chapter three, verse 16. It says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, you will, there you will find this disorder and evil of every kind. So like I said, just to real, to reiterate the importance of minding your own business, <laughs> the, the importance of Minding the business that pays you to don't compare yourself, don't be jealous, don't be selfish, don't have selfish ambition because from those things, jealousy and selfish ambition, it says, James says, you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And so, like I said, Paul is just, Paul is con continuing to 
with that same theme, uh, a little bit anyway, with just paying attention to what you got going on so that you can get the satisfaction of your own work of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anybody else, you know, when you've done like, for instance, me doing this podcast, every time I get an episode out, even though I don't always get, I don't get the views that I may want on a video or people don't comment the way, I, you know, as much as I would like, or people leave nasty little comments. I still feel like I did a job well done because there's some episodes I don't feel like recording. You know, there's sometimes I don't feel like I just don't want to do it, but I may, I feel accomplished, you know, in the fact that I was able to sit down, study, um, record, edit, get it published, you know, whatever, get everything ready and available on the, on the day that I said a long time ago that I was going to have videos released and be consistent with it. Like that's, that's an accomplishment for me. That's something I take satisfaction in. I find I take satisfaction in a job well done. And so that's me, that's me trying to mind my own business. I see all these other podcasters out there getting hundreds and thousands of views on their videos. And I'm like, hmm, you know, but if I, if I look at, if I compare to what everybody else got going on, then I'm going to start getting jealous and I'm going to start trying to form my own little plans for ambition. And then there's going to spread disorder and evil of every kind. So mind the business that pays you be careful about your own work, scrutinize your own actions. Don't let comparison seep in because no good can come of it. Like I said, I digress. Um, so to finish up the first six verses, I want to talk about briefly just sharing and caring for the teachers in verse 6, it says, those, are, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Um, I'm going to read from third, uh, the third letter of John. So third John, verses 5 and 6. No, I'm sorry, 5 through 8. And this is just about caring for the Lord's workers. Because I, I wanted to, originally I was just going to breeze over it. But I know that in today's society, a lot of people may look at, um, pastors and people in the church as they're using the tithe money to buy fancy clothes and shoes and cars and they're just using it to, it's like as a get rich quick scheme and I'm not going to deny that there are not people out there using the pulpit uh, for malicious reasons for selfish reasons but that does not does that does not negate our responsibility to care for the Lord's workers, to care for the teachers who are spending their time and energy um, to teach you the word of God, to spread the word of God um, to different places all over the world. They need help too, you know? So I'm going to read from 3 John chapter, or there's no chapter in 3 John. It's just a, it's just one little letter. But 3 John chapter, oh goodness, 3 John verse 5 through 8. It says, dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God, for they are traveling for the Lord and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So ourselves, so, so we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. So, yeah. So, just think of it as, you know, especially with these little missionaries, not little, especially with missionaries and these different 
people traveling around the world spreading the gospel, you know, that's, this is this is a small way that you're able to help partner with them. So just consider that, you know, just try to change your perspective. Obviously use wisdom and discernment, you know, but don't just automatically assume that some, you know, a preacher's out here trying to get all your money. Like they probably don't even need it. So they're not even asking you for it. But it is our job as believers to care for the Lord's workers. As it says in Galatians chapter five, six, verse six. So it says in third John verses five through eight, we need to continue to care for the Lord's workers. But I digress. Like I said, I don't want to get too, too much into it, but I did want to touch on it. And I wanted to just further express, expound on that point real quick um, because I did not want it to go untouched. So now we're going to jump into the second, the latter half of Galatians chapter six, verses seven through 18. So it says in seven, um, it says in the NLT, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Um, in the NIV, it says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. But I went to, it talks about you will harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy the sinful nature will harvest death and decay from the simple nature. But those who harvest are those who, um, who plant those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So let's not get tired of doing good. So I want to read from Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. It says in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, this is, I believe, um, I could be wrong, but I believe this is the Lord responding to Isaiah. This is what the Lord said to Isaiah. Um, it said, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Like I said, I could be, it could be Isaiah, or not Isaiah, Hosea talking. It could be God talking to Isaiah, Hosea. I did not, actually I'll take it back. It is, I believe it is God talking to Hosea, because in verse 9 it says the Lord says, so I digress. So the Lord is saying, I told you guys to plant good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. I told you to plow the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. So just that idea of planting and harvest, sowing and reaping as you sow, so you reap. You know, that could also be done with that can be done with a lot of things. You sow good, you reap good. You know, when it comes to gener you sow generosity, you reap generosity. But the story is that this, the, 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 the fact is this, so you sow, so you reap, you know, so if you sow things of the sinful nature, which we read or which we talked about last week, go back to Galatians chapter five, when it talks about all the things that the sinful nature, uh, the fruits of the sinful nature, the evidence of the sinful nature is, if you sow those things, if you do those things and the, the, the harvest you'll reap is death and decay. But if you sow the things of the spirit, that is the fruits of the spirit that we talked about, then you'll reap everlasting life with the spirit. So it's, it's simple cause, you know, cause and effect. You sow good, you, you reap good. You sow evil, you're going to eat, reap evil. It's very simple, you know? Um, so yeah, but I also want to read a couple other passages uh, verses in Psalms 126 verse five. It says those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. So it's all about the, the spirit you're doing it in, you know, um, the mindset, the, the heart posture that you have, it talks about like, you know, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning kind of energy, right? In Romans 12, verse 21, it says, 
don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So that verse is more so geared towards the, the latter half um, of, not the latter half. That one's geared more towards verses 9 and 10. So I'll reread 9. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So I'll read it again. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. That's Romans 12, 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up on doing good. The world is filled with so much evil and negativity. It's suffocating sometimes. Like, can't even watch the news. It's suffocating how much evil, wickedness, and negativity there is going on. But don't let evil conquer you. Conquer evil by doing good. Don't give up. Don't get tired of doing what is good, what is right. It's hard. It's so hard. Especially as things are becoming more and more. Some of the sins that we read as the sin, you know, the, the evidence of a sinful nature. These things are becoming more and more acceptable. And it's hard to do the right thing. It's hard to love people. It's hard to be patient with people. Gentle and kind and compassionate to people. It's hard to exhibit self-control when it seems like everybody else around you just doesn't care anymore. But we are called to not give up, to not grow tired in doing what is good. We are called to do good to everyone whenever we have the opportunity, especially to those in the family of faith. And we are called to not let evil conquer us, but to conquer evil by doing good. The last little thing I want to talk about and then we'll be done is this idea of a, the new creation. And as you guys know, I more so do an overview. I don't really do too much in-depth, in in-depth, in-depth stuff because I am no Bible scholar, <laughs> okay? I am just somebody who enjoys reading the Bible and sometimes I go between different translations. I'm not necessarily looking up the Greek and the Hebrew original words or none of that stuff. Like I said, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a Bible study student, you know, no Bible training other than just reading the Bible and um, asking questions um, from people who have gone to Bible school. Um, but just briefly on what counts as a new creation, I want to reread what Paul says, um, in the, the last, uh, seven verses of the chapter of the, the, the letter to Galatians, to the, to the Galatians. And he's just reemphasizing what he said at the very beginning, what he's been saying from chapters one through five. He's reemphasizing, um, the gospel and, and what it is and what it's not. What it is, it is that Jesus died on this cross, believing that he died on this cross. He rose on the third day that Jesus conquered death, hell and the grave is by grace that, that believing in him is the grace of God that we are able to be saved by believing in him. What he's saying, he's saying that anybody tries anything other than that is not the gospel. And like it says in verse 12, those who are trying to force you to be circumcised once look good to others. He's like, also, all these other people who've been touting the importance of circumcision, they're doing it because they want to look good in front of somebody else. Not because they necessarily believe that you need to do it themselves, or you actually need to do it. And on top of that, as he says, he's like, a lot of these people 
what it says in verse uh, 13, it says, and even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. So he's like, y'all are over here talking about the importance of being circumcised, even though you're believing Jesus and this is a new creation and you don't need, you know, we're in the new covenant. We don't have to follow the old law, but you tell them the importance of the old law, yet you don't follow the old law. You know, Paul's like, it's real confusing. You need to get your story's not adding up. It's inconsistent. He's like, you say, you talk about the importance of circumcision, but you just neglect all the other laws that, you know, go with the, what the, the covenant that circumcision represents. So anyway, Paul's like, one more time, in case y'all didn't get it in, in the, the first, the first night, the 90% of this letter that I've talked about, in case you don't get it, I want to remind you, he says, in verse four, starting back in verse 14, Paul's like, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. Verse 15, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. And so I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse, um, oh, it's already right there. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So I digress there. I wrap up chapter six in the series on the book of Galatians there with we are God's masterpiece. He has created us, created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he's planned for us long ago. I feel like that sums it up beautifully, you know? Um, so if you made it all the way to this video, congratulations. I hope that you got something from this episode that you can take and meditate on one of these scriptures that you can go back and reread and um one of the you know one of these topics to, one of these little points that I brought up stands out to you I encourage you to pray about it ask the Holy Spirit what he what else he has for you in that area um and to go back and read the book of Galatians for yourself Take the time to meditate over it. It has a lot of good, 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 good stuff in there. Um, and yeah, feed, you know, eat that, eat that, that spiritual food, that bread that you need daily. Eat that stuff. It's good for you. The word is good for you. It's nourishing to your soul. So I encourage you to go back and read the book of Galatians one through six. It's only six chapters. It's not a long book. It might take you 20, 30 minutes to read the whole book. So go back and read the book um, or the chat. Yeah, the book of Galatians. Go back and listen to the old episodes if you'd like to hear what I think about the scriptures and my, my interpretation. And of course, you know, me because you know, I just read, I'll be reading Bible. Um, so yeah, go back and listen, go back and reread and be waiting in the next couple of weeks for the videos to start, the episodes to start on the fruits of the spirit. So yeah, until, oh, got to pray this out. So to Heavenly Father, God, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to, to study and read through the book of Galatians, Father God. I know that I was inadequate in my studying of it and in, in my, um, 
betrayal of your your word, Holy Father God. But that's what you that's what you are for, Lord God. That's what why you're here, Lord God, in this space with me right now is to um, get your children, Lord, to read the scripture for themselves so that they can receive all that you have for them from your holy word, Holy Father God. I present it and I pray, Lord God, that you will multiply it God in their lives and all of our lives I thank you Lord for the opportunity I pray Lord that this message will bless those who you've called to listen to it I pray all these things in the mighty name of your son Jesus Christ amen so that is all that I have and until next time bye